0: Welcome to Five Books for Catholics, where an expert selects and explains five outstanding books on some aspect of Catholic life, doctrine or culture. The Second Vatican Council, in its constitution on the sacred liturgy, Sacro Sanctum Concilium, says the following. The liturgy, through which the work of our redemption is accomplished, most of all in the divine sacrifice of the Eucharist, Is the outstanding means whereby the faithful may express in their lives and manifest to others the mystery of Christ and the real nature of the true Church. End of the quotation. The Second Vatican Council also teaches that the liturgy is the source and summit of the Church's activity. However, mass attendance is in decline in many parts of the world. This must mean that many Catholics do not appreciate. What occurs in the Church's ritual worship and celebration of the sacraments. Even committed mad scores may grow weary of humdrum celebrations. It is crucial, therefore, to understand the liturgy and appreciate it. To this end, Christopher Carsons discusses in this interview the five books that he recommends on the nature and significance of the sacred liturgy. Christopher Carsons is Director of the Office for Sacred Worship in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He is a visiting faculty member at the Liturgical Institute at the University of St. Mary of the Lake in Wunderland, Illinois, and editor of the Adoremus Bulletin. He is author of A Devotional Journey into the Mass, published by Sophia, as well as Principles of Sacred Liturgy, Forming a Sacramental Vision, published by Hillenbrand Books. He and his family live in Soldiers Grove, Wisconsin. Dr. Carstens, welcome. Father Farrell, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Theologians have often struggled to give a precise definition of the liturgy. Do you want to give it a stab?
1: <laughs> well, I will agree that uh, it's a very slippery thing. Everybody talks about the liturgy, but it's it's uh, hard to put a fine point on it. Um, I think the one offered in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, right at the beginning of its section on the sacred liturgy, is the best That the liturgy is the participation of the people of God in the work of God. The participation of the people of God in the work of God. Uh, More, If you drill down a little bit more on that, the people of God are all of the baptized, not simply uh, the clergy, all the baptized. Uh, The work of God is uh, principally the Paschal Mystery of Jesus, although the Father and the Spirit are working as well. And the means of our participation is through a sacramental ritual that is made up of signs and symbols and words and actions and all of the rest. So when when me and my family show up uh, to uh, to Mass with you, uh, the Paschal Mystery of Jesus is made present through the ritual signs and symbols, and we actively participate in that saving work.
0: And in your various apostolates, you deal with the Roman Rite. Similarly, most of the books you have chosen deal prevalently with the Roman Rite. To what extent are your chosen books instructive for Eastern Rite Catholics?
1: Oh, well, I think um, it's true. I'm, I'm, I've am i grown up as a Roman Rite Catholic, a uh, member of the Latin Church, and uh, that's w- what I'm familiar with. Uh, I read about other things and maybe have gone to a handful of other, uh, uh, other Catholic rites. Um, but take, for example, this definition of the liturgy where people, the people of God, Uh, participate in the saving work of Jesus through a liturgical ritual. Uh, Father Farrell, that's applicable to any single rite around the world at, at any time. It's uh, applicable to the Anglican use, to the what was called the, the the extraordinary form, the ordinary form, to the Maronite rite, to the syro Malabar rite, to Coptic uh, celebrations. In each instance, it's a matter of God's ba- God's baptized people engaging through sacramental signs, this unseen reality, which is the Paschal mystery of Jesus. So, um so that at least I think is applicable across the board, even though in the specifics will will start to vary.
0: And the first two books on your list could be treated as a single entry. Indeed, recently it's been published together in a single volume by Ignatius Press. The first is Romano Guardini's *The Spirit of the Liturgy*, published in 1918. The second is Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger's book of the same name, published in 2000. And in that. In the latter, Cardinal Ratzinger proposes to address in the wake of Vatican II's liturgical reform the same questions as Guardini had at the end of the First World War. Cardinal Ratzinger not only takes Guardini's book as his model, but credits it with having disclosed the sense and riches of the liturgy to him. You've also edited The seven Gifts of the Spirit of the Liturgy, Centennial Perspectives of Romani Guardini's landmark work. Why do these books top your list?
1: well i think uh, they really uh, set a solid foundation they're fundamental to liturgical understanding um, i think their uh, their their pedigree their history their authors you know uh, if vouch for this too Romano Gardini, you know is uh, pope benedict said you know sort of founded the liturgical movement in germany at that time and, and in german in germany especially is what was the source of the liturgical movement uh, in a lot of the 20th century So I think they give uh, real fundamentals, and Father Farrell, I you know just if you do a cursory look of uh, internet news or stories about the liturgy, um, I think this is very much needed today. There's there's uh, lots of debate, and it's you know it's not unnecessary, um, but it's uh, maybe on some of the finer points, and I think the bigger picture is often lost. So I think what Um, What especially, both of them, but especially Gardini does is he lays some common characteristics or features of the spirit of the liturgy. As I wrote in the introduction to that uh, Ignatius Press book on the seven gifts of the spirit of the liturgy, the, uh, the council fathers spoke of the spirit of the liturgy in numerous places. right? So they had something in mind about what the spirit of the liturgy was. And I think uh, any sort of liturgical understanding or practice or discussion or debate that doesn't see what what these fundamental features of the spirit of the liturgy are um, is really um, rather thin and superficial discussion. So I think it's foundational for uh, understanding things liturgical, the mass, the sacraments, liturgy, the hours, anything
0: like that. And your third entry is a magisterial text, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Why have you selected it rather than other major magisterial documents on the liturgy, say, Pius XII's Mediator Dei, or Vatican II's Sacro Sanctum Concilium, or the Mass, this general introduction to the Roman Missal? Yeah, Furthermore, what yeah. parts of the Catechism are you recommending? Yeah,
1: well, I I chose it, Father, because it was in book form, <laughs> and so I was supposed to pick books. But uh, that would be another. Uh, yeah, we'll see if if uh, if this is an enjoyable uh, podcast here, listeners, maybe we could do another one on the five uh, liturgical documents or something Cheers. like that. But it's um, I have to confess, this was a a, a very um, good and eye-opening uh, um, exercise for me personally. And I liken it to, uh, without trying to get too far afield here, you know, when you're at home, you sort of put a mental list together of the things you need to pick up at the grocery store the next time you go there. And then you walk into the supermarket, and all of a sudden, you can't remember any of them. And so when you put this question to me, what five books would I recommend uh, on the liturgy? I thought, oh, well, I, I read liturgical books all the time and have done so for decades. And all of a sudden, when you asked me, I couldn't think of any <laughs> <laughs> or, or i should say they didn't uh, come flooding into my mind like i thought they would so as i went through this list I, I i chose the catechism for a couple of reasons um one it's magisterial two in my own work as a das and a liturgy director or teacher or author or whatever um it's just been it's been that book that uh that section of the catechism that uh, i use more than anything else another reason it's frankly, it's beautifully written. You think, oh my goodness, a, a dry, boring a section of the catechism? Absolutely not. This It really is um, uh, written in a beautiful way. I think, too, you know, with all of these debates about the liturgy, nobody seems to quibble with, although I'm sure there are some, with uh, the contents of the catechism on this. So it's, it really is shown itself to be kind of bedrock for understanding. Now, the catechism, is uh, you know probably most of the listeners know it has these four principal parts or pillars. The first is on the creed. The third is on the church's moral life, and the fourth is on prayer, the Lord's prayer. But it's the second one. That is on the liturgy and the sacraments. So um, I guess I'm a little embarrassed to admit it. If you were to look at sort of the, not the spine, but the other side of my catechism, it's that that second section is really uh, well-worn, and there's little tabs and sticky notes, and the first and the third and the fourth, I'm afraid to say, are not as well-worn. But that's, I yeah, I would, um, you know, if I were trapped on a desert island and I needed a liturgy book with me, I I think I'd bring along that
0: catechism. Well, you can at least justify that by saying lex orandi, lex credendi. <laughs> yes, yes, certainly,
1: certainly. Oh, there's a, there's a gem in there, too, right? Uh, you know, which comes first? Is it the credendi or the orandi? Does it the, is it what you believe or or how you pray? And um, Pius XII took this up in Mediator Dei in 1947. He said, oh, you can say either one is fine, but the original Formulation of that, it's let the law of prayer establish the law of belief. So there really is sort of a, in a certain sense, a certain real sense, a primacy to how we pray in, the, in, the, in our
0: lives. And you were talking about the section of the Catechism on the liturgy. And that brings us into the fourth book on your list, The Wellspring of Borship, because its author also wrote the sections of the Catechism on liturgy and prayer, Jean Carbon. In this book, he aims to help Christians overcome the separation of liturgy and Christian life. What lessons can we draw from him in this regard?
1: Well, I think when um, this too, I mean, true confessions time here, I, I've, I, it had been a little while since I had read uh, Wellspring of Worship. I knew that it was great and I knew it was very formative in, in my own thinking. And I thought, well, if I need to talk about this, I need to brush up. And so I've been rereading parts of it in preparation for this podcast. And um, was uh, uh, just it's just so beautifully written, and I, I sort of came to see how, even though I didn't remember certain sections of it, how maybe by osmosis or something like that, it's really formed uh, how I think and how I didn't see as explicit the connections between him and this part in the liturgy and the catechism. But what the the Carbon book uh, does. Again, this is liturgy from uh, uh, from 35,000 feet. This is big picture vision of the liturgy, or if I can use another sort of analogy, you know, we talk about losing uh, uh, the forest for the trees. Well, this is this is about the liturgical forest. It's a very big picture of what the liturgy is, and its first section is about what is the mystery. I mean, what is the real true content? That goes on when you celebrate Mass or go to confession or pray uh, evening prayer, and it's Trinitarian in its essence. So this is um, again when it seems like most of my day is about, uh, you know, what color vestments are we going to wear, or you know, what's the best way to do the blessing of throats on the feast of Saint Blaise when we have so many people and things like that, or you know, should we celebrate or not celebrate odd orient things like that? These are important questions, and I, I don't mean that they're not but what uh, the carbon book uh, does for us is it just opens our eyes to the enormity of the reality of the liturgy the, the 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 action of father son and holy spirit in the world and creation and the economy of salvation that is present there this mystery gets sacramentalized or symbolized or ritualized in things that human beings can see, smell, taste, touch, or hear. These are the sacramental signs that compose the rite. And then ideally, this transforms us so that we become uh, divinized. We become transformed and live sort of um, according to the mystery, you know, uh, when we're when we're in our families, in our workplaces, uh, during our entertainment uh, and the rest. So um, I was very happy to pick up this book and, and read it again.
0: And sometimes it's said that Jesuits are not into liturgy and rubrics. Proof to the contrary is your fifth book, uh, Joseph Andreas Jungmann's definitive two-volume historical study, The Mass of the Roman Rites. To what extent can his study help us understand the new order of the mass and not just uh the Mass, the Rite of the Mass, as it was celebrated in the Roman Rites up until Vatican II.
1: You know, sort of what I said before, uh, Father Dominic, is, you know, what, what books should make this list? And I kind of hemmed and hawed about whether I should put this on here because uh, uh, I've never actually read it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, l- let me qualify that. Uh, I've never sat down and read it uh, from cover to cover. Yeah. I mean, I have volume one in my hands here, and it's a uh, It goes to uh, about page 485. So that's uh, the first volume and the second is about the same. So it's not the, you know, it's not a cozy uh, up to the fireplace evening uh, read uh, with a glass of sherry type type of book. But it's uh, it seems to me it's an invaluable uh, resource um, to uh, to have at hand. You know, if you these historical questions. Uh, to my mind, are just among the most difficult ones, and I don't know if this is a matter of history generally or liturgical history in particular. Um, but it seems that you can't, I can't seem to find two historians that agree on uh, on 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 many points. Um, but still, this book remains by Jungman. So he started to write this when uh, um, the Nazi occupation of Austria closed down uh, the university he was teaching at, and he took the war years to write this book. He was uh, apparently more of a catechist than he was an historian, but he took this time during the war to write uh, uh, the Mass of the Roman Rite. And it became a truly influential book for the liturgical movement. Maybe not necessarily always in a good way. Uh, somebody like Cardinal Ratzinger would would go on to say that maybe too much emphasis was placed on historical research, uh, than um, and maybe not enough given to sort of like uh, he didn't put it this way, but like people in parishes and pastors and things like that. Too much nod was given to the to the academic and to the historical. So this book is is important, uh, I find, for one, its place in the liturgical movement and also in the reform and restoration of the rites, which we celebrate today. But two, it remains, it stood the test of time, even if certain elements, which he admits in the introduction, come to be changed or understood in a different way, different documents uh, show themselves to be different. It's still, I think, the resource book that one would turn to, to find historical information on uh, the masses' development.
0: Thank you for listening. To read or listen to the rest of this interview and gain full access to our archive, visit fivebooksforcatholics.com and become a premium subscriber. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a top rating on the platform of your choice. That way more people can discover it. You can also support the podcast and help us produce more interviews like this one by making a one-off donation via the link given in the show notes. As little as one dollar, one pound or one euro can help and will be greatly appreciated. Thank you once again and God bless.